Hi, Orient fans. Uh, Richie Wellens here. Thanks for your support for the team. Thanks for your support for the for the podcast. And I hope you all have a very very happy Christmas. Hi, it's Omar Beckles. Wishing all listeners of the Orient Outlook podcast a very merry Christmas and a happy new year. 2023 has been a good one for us all and we're hoping to build on that. So I wish you all the very best for 2024 and up the O's. Ho-ho! And welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Southstand chum, bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, for the final time of the championship winning 2023 year. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed, Santa Nussbaum. Hello, everybody. <laughs> welcome back. This is a big episode. It's episode 340. It is, as Steve said, our last one of 2023 as we take the festive period off and we've hit a bit of a milestone we're at 340 episodes now I can't believe how we're just powering through the 300s thanks to everyone genuinely who tuned into last week's show and also for Matt Harold who was absolutely brilliant with us thanks for the chat Matt we really appreciate you uh, coming on and giving up your evening and, and as Steve said a couple of times you could have backed out of that and just dodged it but you didn't you owned it and, and came on and, and really gave a lot of great insight so thanks very much for doing that we appreciate you Ginger Pele <laughs> this week if anyone uh, enjoyed last week's interview with Matt Harold we have a treat coming up for you later on in the episode must say his his message is, is genius <laughs> and uh, probably very uh, hopefully it doesn't go under anyone's radar here and hopefully this smashes social media <laughs> and tears it apart. Uh, but this week uh, we've got a week's roundup of news and views uh, to come, uh, plus obviously our win against Cheltenham, um, our lucky win against Cheltenham some might say, plus a festive sprinkling of messages from people around the club. So let's just crack on and without further ado, as always we start the top of the show with a word from our podcast sponsor. We certainly do. So the podcast sponsor, Carol Andy Flores, who are based in Chinkford, and have been serving the bar of Waltham Forest for over the last 70 years. They've got a fantastic team. They can do anything that you need. So if you need any last-minute Christmas trees, Christmas wreaths, uh, anything for a bespoke wedding. So if you're about to go down and propose to your partner and you need flowers for the big day, give John and his team a call. Family funeral tributes, birthdays, anniversaries, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, New Year celebrations, anything Christmas-wise, like we said, got you covered and you get 15% off if you're an Orient fan. So if you want to get in touch with the team and give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or you can go and look at their lovely website www.carolangley.co.uk or you can find the team on social media. They can be found on Instagram at carolangleyflores. You can find them on Twitter at carolangleye4 or you can find them on Facebook at carolangleyflores. So a big thank you to John and the team for their sponsorship over 2023 and happy to be continuing that into 2024 so top stuff great stuff indeed supporters club we've got three trips to tell you about here obviously we're not going to be here for the next three weeks so do pay attention to this Saturday the 23rd of December next week we are off to Bolton for a three o'clock kickoff the coaches will be leaving the supporters club at half past eight 
the trip costs adults £39, concessions are 36 and children under 15 travel for £20. New Year's Day, we're off up to Cambridge, short trip up the M11 for that one, that's a three o'clock kickoff. coaches will leave at midday, £25 flat fare, 13 for children under 15, and then on Saturday the 13th of January, we are going down to Portsmouth, that is a three o'clock kickoff. so the coaches will leave the supporters club at 10 o'clock, adults are £33, concessions are £30, children under 15 are £17. Remember those prices obviously don't include your match day tickets. So just a reminder, a recap of that, Bolton is next week, we've then got New Year's Day at Cambridge and then the second week in January we are going down to Portsmouth. So you're going to need to book on those via the supporters club on a match day or call the travel line on 07507 539 579. Yeah well done to the supporters club for all their fantastic work over 20 23. So in Paul's intro, you mentioned the sprinkling of festive messages. We have got loads for you this evening. We're going to play our next one uh, for you now. This is from O's director, the wonderful Mr. Matt Porter. Hi, everyone. It's Matt Porter here. Just a quick note to wish you and your families a very, very happy Christmas and all the best for 2024. Thanks for all your support over the last 12 months. A memorable year. The League Two title secured in such impressive style. And it's great to be back in League One after an absence of too many years. We've got a young squad, a squad that's building, a squad that's learning. Fantastic management and coaching staff. So keep giving them all your support. Stay patient because it's a big learning curve, a big step up from League Two. And indeed, even not that long ago, remember, we were in the National League. So we've got building blocks in place, foundations in place to keep progressing and get the club back to where we want it to be. Thanks again for all your support. Wish you all the best. What a great message. Thanks very much, Matt. Very matter-of-fact in terms of you know, keep supporting his right. We have got a young squad. Brilliant message. Thanks very much indeed, Matt. We really appreciate you and obviously all the work that you do behind the scenes to help um, the club be the best that it can be. Very much appreciated. Obviously, it's great when you've got a fan owner and directors of the club who are fans as well. It really does help to make sure that the club's being run in the best possible way because we've seen what happens when you don't have those sorts of people in charge. Absolutely. So thank you to Matt Porter. Let's move on into the week that was. And with every day, we're going to give you a festive Christmas message. So happy Monday, 11th of December. It was a quiet day at the club, no news to report. So I guess we better play another festive message for you. So this time, this is from Leighton Orient CEO, and this is Mr. Mark Devlin. On behalf of everyone and all the staff at Leighton Orient, I'd like to wish all of our supporters a very Merry Christmas and a very happy and peaceful New Year. Thanks for all your support. Have a great time over the holiday period. Thanks again. Thank you very much, Mark. Really appreciate that. Sorry, it sounds like we interrupted your Christmas shopping there, mate, but really appreciate you taking a minute to, to send us that. And thanks very much as well for all the work that you do uh, to help run the club and make sure it's the best that it can be as well. Great stuff. So to Huey Tuesday, the 12th of December, the club announced that they would be paying tribute to supporters that we have lost in 2023 in a match day programme of the fixture versus Wickham Wanderers, along with a moment of silence prior to that match, which is on Friday, the 29th of December. Lovely touch there by the club, surely to be a very emotional uh, match for some uh, some good good people lost in 2023. Indeed. Only right, they get remembered. Too many people lost, unfortunately. Um, Joe Piggott, Tom James, Brandon Cooper and the ladies' team, Layla May Duffield uh, and also Ivan uh, Imerswin visited 
Hodmerton Hospital to hand out presents to the children on the children's ward there. So always lovely to see that, and I put a smile on, on the kids' faces. I don't know if they knew who these players were, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's good uh, publicity for the club as well as showing the caring side of of our football club. So well done to everybody involved there. Yeah, great to see the O's out in the community. So well done, like Mr. Levy said. So another day, we're going to have another festive message. This time, we've got O's investor and just generally top guy, Nick Samarka, with his Christmas message. So here is Nick for you. Hello, everyone. It's Nick Samarka. To Paul, Steve, and the entire Orient Outlook family, my wife Jenny and I send our best wishes for a fantastic holiday season. 2023 surely was a magical year, and we're both excited for a lot more of that magic in 2024. Up the O's. So thank you to Nick for your lovely message there. Always a pleasure to, to have your voice on oh, the podcast. Beautiful. Great voice. Love it. Love Very having silky, smooth tones there. <laughs> Love having Nick on the podcast. Wishing you and your family all the best, Nick. Always great to hear from you. So that was Tuesday. On Wednesday, the 13th of December, it was a double birthday celebration. As we say, happy birthday to O's chairman, Nigel Travis. And if that isn't enough in the Travis household... Also on that day is the birthday of his son and O's director, David Travis. So hope you had a great day, Nigel, and hope you had a wonderful day, David, amongst the uh, mass celebrations in the Travis household. Indeed. There was also, uh, as Richard mentioned, a behind-closed-doors friendly against West Ham. That was obviously for the players who haven't got enough game time to get some valuable minutes in their legs. Uh, fortunately, pleased to say, I don't know what side West Ham fielded or particularly what the side that we fielded, but uh, the O's came out uh, victorious on that with a 2-1 win thanks to goals from Jeff Tanga, and I believe Brandon Cooper got the second as well. So that was also uh, a bit of a highlight that probably flew under the radar. The Orient, a massive chim-chimini, chim-chim-chiru <laughs> as the great song goes. So we mentioned that great chairman earlier. He's also sent us a Christmas message. So here is Mr... Nigel Travis with his Christmas message for you. Hi everyone, it's Nigel and I want to take the opportunity of thanking all our fans for all the hard work, all the cheering, all the support and all they've done to get behind the team in 2023. It's been a great year for the club. As I sit here after watching that tough game at Cheltenham, I'm very pleased we got three points eventually. But I want to say, look back, we were champions, we won the league by some way, and we're 14th in League One. That's what we dreamt of six years ago. So have a Merry Christmas, and on Boxing Day, I'm sponsoring the game, and I'm dedicating it to all the Orient fans. So make sure you see me at Charlton, and if you go to Bolton, I'll be there as well. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. So thank you to Nigel for all your support uh, for the podcast and I think you do for Leighton Orient Football Club. Always a pleasure um, to play your message. It's, I guess it's easy to think and it's only kind of occurred to me that in 2023 we did see Orient win an EFL title and the yeah. first time that we saw it done in my lifetime. I guess it's easy to forget that sitting here with the match we're about to talk about yeah. with maybe a lot of doom and gloom around the club. But this time 12 months ago we were talking about being top of League Two True. and hoping we wouldn't blow it. And we sit here 12 months later as a fairly comfortable League One club, I would say, at this moment in time. So it's easy, easy to forget kind of how far yeah. 
we've come and there'll be people sitting here nodding and going actually that's a good point there'll be people here listening probably shaking their head and going I don't understand where you're coming from because we should be playing better or doing better but it's been a busy 12 months players have yeah. gone but six years ago we were playing in the National League absolutely dreaming about being a mid-table team whether you're yeah. playing good, bad or indifferent but just being a mid-table team and doing alright in, in League One not in a relegation fight maybe trying to push up the table so I guess context, right, is, ev- is everything of course. When, when you're coming to your year-end closer to go, actually, is it really as bad as what people might think? And there are no. some people who are going to go, yeah, it is actually, and it's all a bit rubbish. But hopefully there's more people listening going, actually, is it that bad? I guess we'll see, but it's not until you hear people talk about that and you go, actually, yeah, this time last year we were League 2 and hoping we weren't going to fluff our lines, which yeah. thankfully we didn't. Yeah. Absolutely, and here we are complaining about a lucky win that we got yesterday. So, <laughs> like, what can you do? It's football fans are a fickle bunch, but like, like Matt Porter's message earlier was like really on point because it's like, look, we've, we have got a young squad; they are still learning. You know, we're going to make mistakes. Granted, it's irritating and frustrating to watch because you know they can do better because you've seen most of these players do better. But you're right; it's all about context, and and in the context of our our life journey, if you like, as as, yeah. a, as a club. We nearly went out six years. I know people aren't interested in that anymore, but from a contextual perspective, we were dreaming about being a mid-table League One club, regardless of you know how well we were playing. So yeah, I've got a point on that later in my um, in my match okay. review that I'll probably ask you a question on. Okay, we'll probably have a bit of a discussion around that. All Good. right, Thursday, the fourteenth of December, I quieted at the club with no news mm. to report. We have another lovely message for you this time from the wonderful Mr. Coley Parry. Hey guys, this is Coley Perry. Thanks for everything you do. And uh, I wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Holidays, Happy Festivus, um, and uh, I'll see you in the new year. Thank you, Coley. Very much appreciate you for, for doing that. Hope things are going well for you with your other football interests as well. Maybe there'll be a little tie-up in the future with um, his other club, I think it's in, Hol- in the Vitesse. Netherlands. Vitesse. Is it Vitesse? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's got the football bug. Good stuff. So let's move on then to Friday the 15th of December. The club announced that Daryl McMahon has left the club to pursue other opportunities. And we wish Daryl all the best. Got any views on that? I'm just not sure what really happened over the last, like, two months, three months he was here. Like, got appointed. Everyone knew he'd been appointed. No announcement to about two or three weeks after his appointment. I think the comments on his appointment weren't quite correct because he was more than a set-piece coach. I think it was pretty evident that he was. But then he took so much criticism, I think he became a very easy scapegoat and probably leaves um, with the club's best wishes, but also probably maybe a bit disheartened, I'd probably say it's fair to say, if he if he's aware of kind of what's being said around him. But, you know, I didn't see any improvement in any area while, while he was here although you know Matt spoke of him quite highly I think Martin Ling spoke of him quite highly in the recent Orient hour so it seems like he mm. you know done well when he was here be interested to see where he ends up due to other footballing opportunities yeah wish him the best but yeah it could have been handled quite a so bit much better. better I think it's been a PR disaster I think you're right it's been an absolute PR disaster I don't know why you don't like I understand that there's some things that the club don't have to announce or you know, some things that are just better in the private domain rather than the public, but there is somebody who is sat on the in the dugout on a match day. It's 
normal business behaviour to announce, oh, well, we've got this addition to the coaching staff, so you'll see a familiar face. You know, he played for us. I think he won the, the, the medal with us when we got promoted uh, back in 2006. You know, he's played under Martin before. Yep. So regardless if he's helping a mate out for a couple of months to give him some, some income, because let's be honest, his last gig at Dagenham Rubbish, you know, he's not retiring on millions of pounds of a payout here. So he's still got bills to pay, still relatively young guy, he's still got probably a mortgage and bills to pay. So if we can use his expertise as a frontline manager and know what, what what's needed, I think what the problem was, was like you say, he wasn't announced. So because he wasn't announced, no one knew what his job was. He then get, we then get told that he was a set-piece coach. The set pieces were crap, so therefore any set piece that's taken, the corners have been terrible, the free kicks haven't been much to, to write home about either. So therefore, all the kind of vitriol about why aren't we doing this, why aren't we beating the first man, why is that not working, all, all falls on his shoulders. And in actual fact, all he's doing is working on a Friday, taking the people that aren't travelling yeah. out. He's there on a Saturday to help give us another perspective and whatever other couple of days a week that he does. Wrong guy. Wrong guy, because they all take yeah. an input into what goes on on a set piece and so on and so forth. So, turns out he's not just a set piece coach. He's involved in them, but that's not he's not a speciality on that. And he took dog's abuse for it, and it wasn't right that he did that. So, it could have been handled much better. Yeah, and it obviously much gives, better. I guess if you're anti-Ling, it gives you another platform to kind of have a go. Yeah, it's no one's business to be doing that. The though. old boys club, but... It's no one's business yeah. to be doing that. Wish they were all at the best uh, for the future. I'd be interested to see how he gets on. Indeed. So, Let's move on then to Friday. Yeah, we're already at Friday. Time for another message. Oh, Again. sorry. Uh, yeah, no, fr- uh, sorry, no, yeah, you're right, Marshall. Let's Marshall. Marshall. Let's do it. Mr. Marshall Taylor with the next Christmas message for everyone. Hi, guys. Paul Terry here. Oh, <laughs> What's wrong, one? Marshall Taylor here, club director. Can't believe it's that time of year again and 2024 is just around the corner. Just wanted to start off and say a big thank you to Paul and Steve for all the hard work you guys put into the podcast. I know you put hundreds of hours in over the year and it's really appreciated by both the club and the fans. 2023 has been a great year for the club and we appreciate all the support we've had from our growing fan base. Just wanted to wish everyone a happy holidays to all the listeners and here's to a fantastic 2024. Up the O's. So that was Marshall Taylor. Thank you, Marshall, for your message. You did sound a bit like Paul Terry at the beginning. (laughs) Worth remembering. Sorry, guys. This is a live podcast. We don't go in and edit or make any cuts. It just happens as it happens. So again, Marshall, thank you for your lovely message. Much appreciated. So moving on in to Saturday, 16th of December and the main event of this big day was a trip away to Cheltenham Town. It was. We ran a Twitter poll, as always, before the game. We got 397 votes, which is pretty decent. 24% went for a draw. A cynical 29% went for a loss. And an overwhelming 40, well, just about 47% correctly predicted that we would win. So thanks to everyone for your votes, uh, not just for Cheltenham yesterday, uh, but also throughout the whole of 2023, when we've had some pretty decent results and some... Not not decent results, but we appreciate you taking the time to cast your vote nonetheless. So pretty confident Orient fan base, right, going into this. So like we said last week, even though Charlton Town at bottom yeah. of League One on the form table, they actually weren't doing too bad. I think they'd taken a decent amount of points from the last five or six yeah. games. So the team was announced at two o'clock with Bryn in goal at the back. Brown, Beckles, Happy and Hunt with El Mazzuni, Prattley and Monaco making up your midfield of Archibald, Aji and Situ completing the 11. And on the bench we had Howes, James, Terms, Galbraith, 
Sanders, Ford and Joe Piggott. Yeah, that meant there were three changes from the O's team that lost to Derby last week. Tom James, Joe Piggott were named on the bench. Brandon Cooper's obviously suspended following his silly red card. Omar Beckles, Darren Prattley and Dan Aggie all starting with Dan Aggie making Aggie, sorry, I beg your pardon, making his very first start of the season. Your views? Like it. Like it. I had a feeling Aggie uh Same, I put him in as well. Might start that one. I thought uh, he's had a good week of training, he's been playing pretty like decent spells of games, like twenty minutes, half hour. So yeah, no surprise to see him in that. Uh probably strongest lineup from an attacking sense. In terms of a front three, yeah. with Archibald, Adji and Sotiriu at the moment, I say that's probably the first choice top three. So I was happy with that. And when I looked at the field of Prattley, Monco, Archibald, I thought, all right. Sorry, Elmazuni, Prattley, Monco, I thought, all right, that's pretty solid, pretty experienced, decent. Um, big calls in defence, though, I would say, in terms of. I my Beckles couldn't get into the defence about three weeks ago yeah. with three centre backs. And now his back is one of the first choice centre-backs. Yeah. Whether, obviously, Brandon Cooper is suspended, so not available, but, you know, Beckles from being out, mm. I know he's been injured, but even before he was injured, he wasn't making even the squad at points. So Beckles very much back in favour, so whether that's down to his experience, his ability, his form and training, obviously now back in that starting lineup, over turns as well. So some mm. big calls there. So, mm. you know, good to see... Uh, Beckles back and obviously using Jordan Brown at right back over Tom James mm-hmm. who was on the bench obviously James didn't have the best game against Derby from a defensive point of view from a set piece point of view as well while we poor so Rishi making some big calls there but I, lo- I saw it I liked it and I thought yeah it's going to be a tough game but an 11 as a starting point who, who should be up for it yeah, yeah absolutely I couldn't work out what the formation was to start with I, I questioned marking whether Jordan Brown would be at right back or whether we were going to be three at the back with Jordan sat uh, in front of them, perhaps as the defensive, allowing Elmiz, uh, or him and Prattley to, to sit back and Elmiz to perhaps go forwards with uh, George Moncur. Um, big call to drop Tom James, though, being that he was captain last week. Um, I know Matt explained that yeah, the rationale behind that. Uh, good to see Aggie back. Uh, obviously, good to see that Omar Beckles is now back and fit and, and starting. Perhaps he'll bring a bit of a core head and some calm experience. Perhaps that's what's needed. Uh, and what's perhaps been lacking slightly maybe at the back. Uh, Richie has clearly gone for experience yeah. Yeah, with Beckles and Prattley uh, and Moncur going straight in uh, for that starting uh, as well. So, yeah, f- for me, like you, strong side should get a result. Yeah, I d- the experience of Prattley probably gets him in over your Galbraith and oh, your Sanders be, yes. because yeah. they can come on and have more of an impact, say, from a fitness perspective. Yeah, I mean they play obviously slightly different position to him, but from a from just from purely from an experience perspective, to have him sat there marshalling the you know the midfield would probably make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah loads of tweets, a hell of a lot of tweets actually came in at two o'clock. Probably one of the most we've had uh, on a team announcement. We're going to mention a few that we had. First one from a newspaper handle for me is from Jan Luca Bo three zero double seven two. Said happy to see Aji starting and hopefully he can bag a goal. For some reason. I can see us scoring from our first corner or free kick of the game. Smiley wow. face. There you go. That is some tweet there. Alfie Howard, 14, said back to a 4-2-3-1 or some variation is a positive change from five at the back. Mark Ros, 6368 says Richie has gone back to basics with last year's lead to run-up. Barney Adji is still no closer to knowing his best 11. But let's be positive and hope it works. 
We need a result. Bazal73 said, 4-2-3-1 with Brown at right back and Rua at top. Time to show he is the centre forward that we need. Big opportunity for Ruel. He's really? going in with one up top again and he's getting an odd over Piggott. So you're thinking, Ruel, you need to make that place your own because if you yeah. don't have a good game, we know Richard is going to put in Piggott. Yeah. So big opportunity for Ruel. Podcast sponsor said Essex Biz. Said amazing. Isn't it most of our new signings on the bench? Question mark. DCNLY123, new Twitter handle for me there. Welcome to the podcast. What's going on with Galbraith and Turns? Not starting at the moment. Really weird. Unless injury, and it turns out that Ed Turns had been unwell or was injured. Richie does say it in his post-match, but yeah. Yeah, getting down to, obviously, Paul going for that experience piece as well, I imagine. Apostolus Andre Nye said, we needed Prattley and Beckles back. Would have liked to have seen Tom James on the right for his crossing ability with Theo on the left. Then Adji and Satiri could get more opportunities. We'll be good to see Moncur cause some damage. Theo the Wyvern said, Risky selection. Could need to make two early subs in Moncur and Aggie both starting. Kid Samson O. Oh, been talking about Jordan Brown. Said, Moving our best player of the season out of position to accommodate a 30-year-old clogger. 38. Inspired yeah. stuff. Ross McCaff said, Whether it's too soon or not, so heartening to see Aggie start. He looked a cut above lead two at least. Yeah, and Len Chin won with the final pre match tweet. said, Don't be deceived by the Robins' place in the league. They've had surprising home results recently. Rest assured, it'll be a very competitive game. So today we need to defend properly and maximise our performance. Will Godwin has scored in his last three games. So be clinical and score goals. We need the three points. Good insight there. So the yes. match kicked off with the O's winless in eight league games against an ever-improving Cheltenham Town team who are currently sitting bottom of League One but Orient, uh, but above Orient in the form table. Yeah, difficult one. So let's yeah. do it in three minutes in Omar Beckles went lunging into Godwin, picked up a yellow card for his troubles. Yeah, early doors. Silly. Understood why he was, what he was trying to do. Mistimed it. Um, and now for the next 90 minutes he's going to be playing on a yellow card so that it makes one slight error gone I got that because doesn't make an error don't worry about it it's fine <laughs> don't know about that good play by Cheltenham down our right in the 6th minute saw a cross come in from Ferry which flashed across Solbrin's goal it came to Long he poked the ball over the bar at the far post decent opportunity for that. them it was yeah. decent opportunity didn't hit the target thankfully Jordan Brown I went down following the clash with Ben Williams who was booked in the 17th minute. That was a bit of a full-on clash from Williams there. Like he's, well... A bit naughty. Definite booking. Yeah. A minute later, a bit of a game-changing moment as the aforementioned Ben Williams ended up shoving Ruel uh, after he was beaten for pace, got a second yellow card. Ah, what a blood rush to the head. I don't understand. And then Cheltenham went down to 10 men. I think Ruel does well, actually. Ruel knocks it past him and he's gone. Williams has to take him down, silly Williams. Already on the yellow card, you can't do that. Let the guy go and hope that your your colleagues are going to help cover you. He probably should have said, we're out, going to score. Yeah, I've I've watched this guy's highlights. (laughs) He ain't scoring. (laughs) But, mate, great to see, thankfully, a decision goes for us rather than against us. So it meant we had the next 72 minutes to play against 10 men. So we'll force forward. Nothing happened until the 31st minute. And then we also tell you, picked up a booking for a lunch on Godwin. Yeah, two minutes later, we went close as Theo Archibald's corner was met by Darren Prattley, but his header was a little bit too high and ended up cannoning back off the bar. That so happened, close. That happened so fast, I don't think Prattley even knew what was going on. He just jumps for it, he smacks his head, he's got no idea where it's going. 
Could you imagine if we had scored from the corner in that game? Could and you after just... Darren McMahon, the <laughs> set-piece coach in speech marks has gone, yeah. I'm almost glad that hit the bar and didn't go in because the meltdown that we would have seen from a goal on a set-piece, that wasn't meant to be in the 36th minute. Monker played a good through ball through to Dan Adji, but the keeper was out quick enough to clear the danger. Yeah, additional minute was played out with no real talking points of the referee bought the half to a close with the teams going in goalless, although Cheltenham was still down to 10 men. So it was nil-nil at half-time. I thought it was quite a poor half, actually. wasn't very entertaining. That's why we skipped from the 18th to the 30, 31st minute uh, back there. Didn't make their keeper work once. They're bottom of the league. All right, they might be in a little bit of form. They're down to 10 men, but we're not testing them. We've not fired shots at their keeper. Uh, Brown has been at right-back. Looked like we've been playing a 4-2-3-1, so the people that thought that that's what we would, yeah. we would be playing, that's what we ended up playing. I do like a flat-back four. Um, the fact that he's moved Jordan Brown, I should have said this earlier, out of midfield and into defence instead of moving Rob Hunt there and putting Jaden Sweeney, who are natural left and right-backs. Yeah. Sweeney not even in the squad, mate. <clears throat> don't, exactly. know fit, don't know whether he's fit or not, but... Um... Yeah, lots and lots of tweets at halftime, kind of alluding to the fact that we weren't really taking the game to Cheltenham as you'd expect. Or sometimes it is harder to play with good 10 men because it will change their game plan. Correct. Yeah. So they'll just go, it actually, we're going to sit back. So it probably made Richie's life a bit harder, which might sound really silly. But in terms of from a tactical point of view, they go, right, we have to sit back a bit here and kind of soak up the pressure. But if you can't apply the pressure, then there's nothing to What's soak the up. Point? Yeah. But, but then you look at Derby last week when we went down to 10 men. They screwed, tied. The, they, you know, tied. The, you know, screwed the knot on us a little bit too much. That's not the right expression at all. But I know you know they, they they tightened the screw on us a little bit too much and and, and ended up walking away three goals. Was it a three 0 game? Probably. Well, it wasn't until George Brandon Cooper got sent off. So it can work that you then have the but you just got to have the mental the, the players exactly. got the mentality to do it and the will to do it. Yeah, a few tweets come in from a fairly unhappy fan base at half time. I think it's probably fair to say Richie J Bourne said no better time to get a win than today against ten men, and at the moment we look slow and a bit clueless. Big team talk is needed. Yeah, indeed. MS Orient said this is like watching men's football over the park on a Saturday. Kick and punt stuff. What shocking football! This is desperately bad. What is going on at Leighton Orient? This is nothing short of a disgrace. The untold games. These look like two teams on the way to League 2. We need more energy. And if only players like Galbraith and Sanders were available for selection. Oh, wait. Uh, okay, ACW2525 says, playing the bottom team, who are down to 10, with 72 minutes plus to play, what could possibly go wrong? Smirks, twirls moustache, and takes a snort of whiskey. Ha, Dirk Turk, also not happy. So we are getting worse with each game, even against the bottom side, and with a man advantage. Something isn't right. Yeah, no changes for the O's at the break. Chuckman got the second half underway, and early on, Ruel Soteria was away down the right-hand side. He was brought down by Liam Smith, who picked up a booking. Yeah, nothing to mention until the 57th minute, and a counter-attack by Cheltenham. Some scrappy defending by Jordan Brown, so him pick up a yellow card as he made a foul on Bonds just outside the box. The free kick was taken by Pet Cold, well over... And worldwide. Yeah, indeed. 61 minutes. Godwin forced Sol Green into a comfortable save after he turned and fired at goal. Done well there, to be fair, Godwin, but yeah. easy save there for Brin. Three minutes later, Richie made the changes. He made a triple sub. His Dan Adji came off to be replaced by Joe Piggott. Rob Hunt came off and was replaced by Tom James. And George Moncur went off to be replaced 
by Ethan Galbraith. Yeah, and the game-changing moment came two minutes later in the 66th minute after Cheltenham were awarded a penalty as Darren Prattley slid in on Ferry, who was driving into the box. He went down. Uh, whether contact was actually made is still being debated, but he, you know, the referee saw what he saw, pointed immediately to the spot. Penalty all day long. I've only seen it from one angle. Whether or not it's a penalty, well, whether or not it's a full contact, yeah. Prattley's given the ref a decision to make. That's, it looks a penalty. It looks like a penalty from the angle that I yeah. see it at. That's the point. Whether he's touched him or not, he's made the referee. And let's all be quite honest about this: the refereeing standards are not where they need to be in the game for whatever reason. That's a whole podcast in its own right. They're not where they need to be. But if you're going to give the person in charge a decision to make, they're going to make it. And luck is not on our side. Always. Look like a penalty. Pratty should know better of someone who's played a lot, a lot of football league games. So up stepped Godwin. He buried the penalty, sending Solbury the wrong way to make it 1-0 to the host. At this moment, you're thinking, oh, come on, Orion. Such an Orion thing to do, isn't it? Bottom of the league. And we're 1-0 down. No, come on. Yeah. Not great, not Absolute great. Absolute despair in the house <laughs> that I was watching it in and just unbelievable, just shocking, just absolutely shocking. We've not been good at all. We're, they're down to 10 men, they're bottom of the bottom of the league. All right, they might be on a bit of form, but nonetheless. Fourth Orient sub, that was uh, Darren Prattley came off, he was replaced by Shaq Ford. Yeah, the 75th minute in, Raw Soteri had our first effort on goal. But his shot went just wide. 78 minutes on the clock now. And Shaq Ford put in a cross. Joe Pickett unfortunately couldn't control it. And the opportunity was gone. It just kind of scuffed the bottom of his studs as he tried to get his foot to it. It just escaped him. You can tell the O's are starting to get into the game more now. Rawls to two, fired just over the bar in the 79th minute. That was a decent chance. Though. Probably a bit more time than what he realised. But yeah. again, he's got to hit the target. 100%. First choice striker, you've got to be doing much better. 83 minutes, final Orient sub as Idris El Mazzuni was replaced by Max Sanders. Yeah, so all subs made now. 87th minute, getting into squeaky bum time. A long throw fell for Max Sanders. His strike was well blocked by the Cheltenham defence. Yeah, two minutes later though, we found an equaliser. Shaq Ford was played a nice uh, played in following a nice passing move with Real Soteriu. He got the ball, on, uh, Shaq Ford got the ball on the right of the box, cut inside and his curled effort took a slight deflection off the outstretched leg of Long. I mean, you can debate whether it was big or small, but it took a slight deflection, and it flew into the bottom corner to make it 1-1. That's a big slice of luck. Love it. it. I think he's hitting the target, but I'm not sure he's beating the keeper if he doesn't take the, uh, take the deflection. But look, we spoke about not having the luck on our side for the last couple of weeks. Nice to have the luck on our side there. There's two things that I really liked. Uh, in his first up, I think Piggott does really well earlier in the build-up to get the ball forward to Rell. And I think Rell does really well um, to play the move with Shaq forward as well. And secondly, once the ball hits the net, they sniff blood and they run back to get the game restarted. Now, when we equalised late against Northampton Town, I think Richie was a bit livid with the team because they were too busy celebrating it too all as opposed to getting the ball back into the centre circle with like another two, three minutes to play. So wasting time on his celebrations. So you could tell once we equalised from the way they didn't really celebrate a few high fives in there as you'd expect, right? There's at least five, six minutes here. Let's go and win the game yeah, now. Good, well spotted. I like that. Well spotted. That's something we've not seen before from the Royal yeah, team. Absolutely well spotted. Well, the video of that is on our social media, so you can go and check that out. I know the highlights are up, but if you just want to look for 10 seconds at what it was, managed to catch that. Um, and yeah, I have to say, 
I think the overarching point there to sum up what you just said is about the forward positive passing and the movement. And look what happens when you do that. You create a good opportunity and you put a decent striker in, in there and he scores it. I mean, that's not, a, that's not a bad goal at all. And Shaq Ford's probably the most informed striker that we've got at the moment. He's got two goals in three games. Well, I think if, um, two games? if he gets that goal, I don't think he gets it, but if, if he gets rewarded it by the dubious goals panel that's his fourth of the season so yeah. from someone who's not really played that much football it's not a bad return really so fair play to Shaq so five minutes of added time went up on the board and in the 93rd minute Rurel was played in beautifully by Shaq Ford as the O's pulled away Rurel was one on one with the keeper his shot was saved the ball came out to the Archibald on the left he pinged it across to Ethan Galbraith from the edge of the box Ethan took a shot which took a big <coughs> deflection and somehow found its way into the far corner of the keeper's net. And suddenly, it's 2-1 to the O's and it's limbs oh, in the away end. Limbs in, in my friend's house as well. <laughs> Dan, thanks for having me, mate. Much appreciated uh, for having us over uh, on, uh, on Saturday to watch this. Yeah, limbs everywhere. Like I've never <laughs> shouted so loud. I must have scared the kids uh, as well who were playing nicely. Uh, fantastic just to see that hit the back of the net because you can see the keepers going. I thought, oh... It's just, and, but then the deflection takes it the other way. Brilliant. It was nice. And again, nice to see you on it, have some luck, because luck has eluded us. Amen. If you're a Cheltenham Town fan, you're kind of saying we've had no luck in this match. Correct. At the bottom of the table, and that's gone against us. Again, great build up as well. Piggott again in the build up, and Ford. I think got to give kudos to Ford here, because Ford could easily shoot before he plays Rowan. He's just scored a goal, confidence will be high. And he makes completely the right decision and plays completely the right pass, perfectly weighted to real. And so two is a lucky boy here. Because if the keep it isn't a particularly good shot and the keeper saves it fairly easily. Mm-hmm. If the keeper holds the ball, mm. we're sitting there going, Real's cost us another two points. Mm. That's another big miss. He's very lucky. And again, Archibald could put the cross into the mixer. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that's the decision. He makes the right decision again to find a Galbraith. To find Galbraith. And Galbraith's yeah. a lucky boy because that shot ain't going in unless it takes that deflection. Yeah. It's going straight into the keeper's arms. Yeah. So again, very lucky, but we'll take it. Yeah. But the good thing for me is that's all the right choices and the right passages of play. Yeah. Apart from Morel, who sh- should be the one scoring the winning goal. But there you go. Yeah. Lucky lad. There you go. Yeah. You know, really great turnaround. Really great turnaround. And, and, and to have that slice of luck as well is, is no mean feat either. So look, there were no further talking points despite there being a few minutes of added time. The referee blew the full-time whistle to bring a really remarkable turnaround for the O's to enable us to take all three points back to E10 as we register our first win in nine league matches. Two months precisely. Love it. Amazing. Got to love it. Christmas on the way. An annoying <laughs> away win. So thank you to Dave Victor who sent us uh, Richie Wellens's uh, post-match interview. We're going to play a piece of it, I think. Some, yeah, as much as what we think is, oh, right. is pertinent here. So uh, this is Richie Wellens after the match against Cheltenham yesterday speaking to Dave Victor. Richie, thanks for joining us. What are your emotions after that result? Mine, mine are clear. Mine are, mine are, I didn't celebrate the, the equaliser. I didn't celebrate the winning goal because I'm, I'm very performance-related. And um, when I don't get too, ta- uh, sorry, too down when we're performing well against Derby and things go against us and we get beat. I don't get too down because I'm always performance related so I'm happy because of the result but also frustrated that we it was, a di- it was difficult because we came we, we came here with sorry we came here with a game plan and we'd watch Oxford and Wigan and Derby play here and none of them have won you see the size of the pitch you see first half we've, we've got the wind and 
Um, everything is overhit. Everything's running out of play, and it's really, really difficult to get any rhythm. But we're still in control first half. Second half, we come out and we want to play in around the back against the wind. Against You have to give them a lot of credit against an aggressive team that stayed aggressive. But we never found belief in the game. Second half, never found any belief, ne never found any rhythm because ultimately our decision-making was, was poor. Whether it be a, a one-touch pass, whether it be an open-up, we receive the ball moving backwards a lot so it allows them to nick it and, and to counter on us. Um, and the last 11 minutes plus injury time, so six, the last 16 minutes, we still... Not for, I thought our subs were good, um, but then we start making good decisions and moving the ball quickly and then we probably get three or four cleared off the line, we look like scoring and obviously that accumulates. When you, when you make good decisions on a football pitch, it gives you confidence, it gives you belief um, and then you can build from that and you build momentum into the game. But the momentum for the first 34 minutes of the, of the, of the second half was, was all with them and credit to them because this is a really difficult place to come. But um, I'm also proud that... One, the subs who came on and the, the attitude and the, and the body language was, was excellent, but also that we kept going and we showed fight because we've played a hell of a lot better in recent weeks and, and not got our just, just rewards, so um, I'm pleased with the result. Any complaints about the penalty kick? Darren Patley was clearly disappointed. Yeah, well, Darren's adamant that um, they didn't touch him, but when you get a man sent off in the circumstances that, that we did, then every decision they're going to they're going to ask for and the referee sometimes feel I'm not saying he did but sometimes they feel obliged to give a decision not to even it up just to appease the supporters so we're making the ball's going up to their striker we make a contact and then we know that if we make another contact with him the referee's going to give a free kick so again Dan Hap giving free kicks away expert come on we don't need to break the game up um, I don't think it was a penalty because I don't I don't think he touched him and, and Darren's an, an honest lad but I also think he gave the decision because he's sliding in in a, in a reckless manner, it gives a referee a decision to make and, and it went against us. Two deflections. So that was part of Richie's post-match interview. So Dave, thanks for all the interviews you've sent over uh, this year and thanks for all the great insight you get out of Richie <coughs> Wellens. So that was Mr Wellens. We've already heard from Richie uh, from his Christmas message, but we do have a Christmas message for his assistant manager. So first up, here is Paul Terry. Hi guys, Paul Terry here. I just want to wish all the O's fans and the listeners to the Euro and Outlook podcast a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We look forward to seeing you all over the festive period and into the new year. Thank you. So that was Paul Terry. Wonderful chat. Paul, thanks for all your support of the podcast uh, and for your message. And now, we mentioned this one um, in the intro. So we had Matt Harold on last week, who's always good fun. I wasn't quite ready for this Christmas message. It did make me laugh when I first heard it. Um, so I hope it makes you laugh as well. So ladies and gentlemen, here is the Christmas this, message. This is the message you didn't know you needed until you hear it. <laughs> well done, Matt. Here's Matt Harold. And so this is Christmas and a happy new year to all of the old fans. We've given you a cheer. All right, guys, it's Matt here, Ginger Pele. Just want to wish everyone a really happy Christmas. Uh, hope you and your families have a great time and everyone at the Orient Outlook podcast and everyone connected with the club has a very uh, pleasant Christmas. Have a good one. Cheers. 
Sounds like Matt has been enjoying his Sunday lunch there with a few few sherbets in. Thank you, Matt. Really appreciate you doing that. And, and again, for last week as well, always on point with things. So that uh, means the league table. We are three points positive now. Uh, we are now in 14th place as we move up the league. We've now played 21s. We're coming up to the halfway point, Wickham on Friday night will be the uh, midway point in the league. We've now won, won six. Charlton on Tuesday. No, won't. Bolton on Saturday will be midway. Bolton and then, and then Boxing Day. I Charlton. Beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah, Charlton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Charlton will be the midway point, Boxing Day. So we've then won six, drawn seven, lost eight. We have 25 points on the board and we have a goal difference of minus eight. Okay, Ben and Ajande, your views... On yesterday's win, yeah, big fat W, yeah, away at Cheltenham. Yeah, look, Lady Luck is finally on our side. We finally had that bit of luck that we've not had in many of the games. You know, we've played better in games and not got anything from it. So from that point of view, luck probably evens itself out yep. over the course of a game, uh, over the course of a season. The problem that you've got when you do a weekly podcast is you look at everything in isolation yeah. and not like Kent does, for example, and look at it over 10 games where you can go, actually, over those 10 games, there was 30 points available. We've got X amount. It's not as bad as what you might think. And again, sometimes it's not about how you win. It's just getting all three points. You know, we dug in very late on in that game. We should have been putting them to task from the 18th minute from when their guy got got sent off you know we had the personnel we have the players on the pitch we're just not seeing it it wasn't a great performance it wasn't pretty to watch it was quite boring a lot of misplaced passes some of the basic stuff not being done properly not clearing lines looking scared or anxious or nervous when the ball's coming in and around the box and just not dealing with it not making like Richie said not making the right decisions stuff that they've practiced on in in training over and over again and I'm sure Richie Matt and Paul have drummed into them about making good decisions it's just not been there's too many comfortable backwards and sideways passing um, uh, as well um, and again I'm getting more and more people saying to me now that something just doesn't look right there's something you know the confidence or whatever it is is just they're not liking the system or, or they're not enjoying the system or it doesn't play to their strengths or, or whatever it is but hopefully this now might mean that you know we could, we're able to kick on and get that monkey off our back you know it's two months to the weekend that, that we hadn't won in so it's now finally nice to get that in um, you know we're going to Bolton next week big big side yep. don't expect the result there but actually when you look at the form Bristol Rovers beat them this weekend so they're not in great form not that that's not a one off but new, they're, they're not in great form new manager bounce at Bristol Rovers that's what that's what's done it for them yeah good but manager that, though good manager at this level though. Matt Taylor get, Matt Taylor yeah yeah just but but that's, that's in isolation, yeah, absolutely. So it's um, it, it, it's an interesting time, but like like Matt Porter said earlier, it's very much that you know we've got a young and developing and evolving side. It's not what we're used to seeing, but we're playing at a higher a higher standard. So we just got to keep back in the team and quick, you know, being supportive and doing what we can do. I thought that was a big big win. I think we've said enough on the podcast. It doesn't matter how you win as long as you get the three points. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be sitting here in two years' time going, well, that time we. Won we at Cheltenham, but we yeah. played poorly. We won. Like it's fine. We haven't actually played that bad. Like I was always quite relaxed about it. Even in the 89th minute, call it I don't know, chilled or whatever. I I didn't think we'd ever lose that game. Of course, I did. I, did I, I wasn't watching it live though, so I didn't. I yeah. don't have the benefit of watching it live. I was just following it. There was WhatsApp groups that I'm in who were 
going insane. I just kept quiet on it because doing this pod has taught you that things are never over until the last minute. So I didn't react to anything that I saw. And then I kind of laughed to myself when the, the last minute goal went in because we've seen it happen enough times against Story. And so it's nice to be on the other side of it. I do think people, there's been a few people saying Richie's lost the team or lost the players. No way. If he lost the players, they wouldn't be equalising in the last minute and going out and getting a winner at all. They wouldn't be fighting for him on the pitch. So I think from that perspective, it's really pleasing to see the team fighting, which is what they've done. I think, yeah, the team do need to be a bit more positive going forward. I think it'd be interesting now to see who he picks on Saturday. Mm. Why not play the 11 who finished the game against Cheltenham? Attacking, made the yeah. right decisions, scored yeah. two goals in the last five minutes. Why not start with those players? Yeah, great. See what happens. They'll, they'll be well confident. Maybe go for that. Something that um, I can't quite get in my head around now is the expectancy at Leighton Orient. Why is Leighton Orient fans, are we expecting to be so high up the table? Why are our demands suddenly so crazy? We're 14th in League One. If they get it wrong, it's not an amazing place to be, but it's nowhere near 20th. Place as we sit here and record this, there are much bigger teams in League One than Leighton Orient. Yeah. Bolton, Derby, Barnsley, Portsmouth, just to name a few. Charlton. What gives us the right to sit here and go, why aren't we doing better? 14th is a fine place to be. Take away Stevenage, who are just a bit of a freak at the moment, and there's no clubs that above <coughs> us on the table really who you go, or oh, it should be outperforming that club really. And there's if Stevenage are third or fourth, wherever they are, every club below Stevenage should be going, oh, how have they done that then? So it's not just Orion who would be looking at that, going, why are Stevenage there? It's probably every club in League One. But even in that Slade season of the playoffs, we weren't sitting there going, you know, it's that God divine right to be where we are. I don't understand quite where the expectancy has come from. We've obviously won two promotions or two championships in six years. They might give everyone a completely realistic edge of what being a late and Orient fan is all about. So our first season back in League One and we're 14th. All right, there's been some rubbish moments. Derby last week was horrible. But again, step back, you take it in isolation for what it is and you go, actually, it wasn't that bad because week after, we've won. I think it's probably fair to say it's been a frustrating season so far. There's games which we've drawn. We should have won. Like we said, if we're all buried a few more of the chances, we're probably 10th or 9th. But as it stands, I think it's fine. Like 14th in League One, we come up to a January transfer window. There's bound to be transfers, a few ins and a few outs. We'll see what happens. We haven't been able to play our best team all season and won't be able to play our best team all season because Graham's out. So I think some people just need to chill out and go, actually, 14th isn't bad. It's like, we haven't really been turned over majorly, and when we have, there's been like a reason for it. I think it's fine. I think Richie's a good manager, I think the players are decent. I think the board are very supportive. I think we're right. Yeah. That's going to be like my stance on it. And some people will sit here going, he's a bit of a happy clapper. Okay, fine, fair enough. Other people go, he's spot on. Yeah, fine, fair enough. I think you've just got to take it within reason. I might feel different next month if we lose the next five games. Mm. But at the moment, I feel like 14th is fine. Yeah, we beat Cheltenham, we were lucky. But then we've been unlucky against like Wigan. We were unlucky in other games. Like It evens itself out and it will do. Northampton away, we battered them. And then we played poorly, they scored two goals and we've got a last minute equaliser. But we've had bad luck ourselves for injuries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, 
I'm a happy O as I sit here tonight. I just don't understand where all this sudden expectancy has come from for Orient to be a, a top six club in their first season back in League One when you look at the size of some other clubs in the division. I think it's crazy. Don't disagree with you. I, I think there's always been a level of we're late in Orient and we should be doing better than we are. That's, that's always been, I think. Um, I don't know where it comes from necessarily. I guess it's just perhaps ambition for people that want the club to do better. But I don't disagree with you at all. There's a difference between there. being hopeful and going, I hope we win today and being expecting as in yeah. we will win today. Yeah. And I don't know where that expectancy comes from. Like going into Bolton, I'm hopeful we'll beat Bolton. I hope we beat Bolton. But I don't expect, I don't expect to beat Bolton. Yeah. If I was a Bolton fan, it would be different. I expect to beat Leighton Orient because of the size of the club. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's, yeah, I, the mentality is, I just don't understand where it's coming from at the moment. Yeah, but that's yeah. what makes it so exciting being part of this podcast and seeing all the views come in. So those were our views, maybe a bit long-winded there, so apologies if anyone uh, has switched turned off, off or switched <laughs> off in that. If you are, you're not listening to me anyway. So we weren't there yesterday, but uh, Gabs Sutton, who is a great EFL pundit, friend of the podcast, does his own show uh, on a, of quite a few times a week, actually, which we've been on a few times, had the pleasure, was there as an impartial observer. I think he... Um, made some really good observations on Twitter yesterday while he was at the ground. So we asked him for his views on yesterday's game and this is what Gabs had to say on yesterday's game. I thought the performance um, wasn't good enough for, from Leighton Orient for the first, um, uh, arguably for the first half and certainly uh, for sort of 35, 40 minutes of the second half. And um, I think there are a couple of issues behind that. Firstly, I would argue uh, the want for um, a quality number six who can collect the ball off the defence uh, and be brave up against the press and uh, and try and progress the ball. I, th- I felt for, for about a year Orient are missing that kind of player um, and I think you kind of got by without that in League 2 but I think you, you're missing it in League 1 a few people might disagree with that and think when Jordan Brown comes in there um, he does a decent job but I don't see that personally um, and then the other component was probably a tactical one I, I imagine because it looked like it in the second half um Orient were basically trying to play on the counter-attack when they had um, uh, either it was goalless or they were a goal behind and they had a, a man advantage and I can sort of get that because they're trying to isolate Curtis Davis who's uh, 38 um, but it, it felt like you'd want them to be a little bit more on the front foot and you know keep players forward and, and sort of apply the pressure which they did towards the end when the sub came on but it felt from, from where I was sitting like it, you know, it took until the 85th minute for that sort of pressure to be applied maybe it came in fits and spurt before then but for sustained pressure I would say it was only in the last five minutes of normal time um so listen i'm a massive admirer of rich uellens i think he's a fantastic manager i think that if he can be given the right support in recruitment and you can keep hold of him over the next three or four years he's got the potential as a manager to try and build a team that can challenge for the playoffs at this level um steadily over time um at the same time in terms of um in terms of this game, I am going to call it what I saw it, and I'm, I'm not sure Richie got that 100% spot on, so I'm sure he'll um, be prepared to take accountability for his part in that. Um, but um, 
but yeah, those those were my sort of two takeaways. I was disappointed with the second half performance. I think you're missing a quality number six. But all credit to the subs came uh, when they came on because I thought Ethan Galbraith and Max Sanders brought um, brought dynamism to this team, and Chuck Ford brought some real skill and agility. And um, and those uh, those substitutions really made a difference. But um, a, a real boost for the O's for sure. Um, and I'm sure it was great for the away end who travelled to have that moment to enjoy. Um, but I I don't think that boost should be confused with um, thinking that they don't have to improve drastically because um, I, I think they do. Fair play. Lovely views there from Gabs. I thought it would be useful to get Gabs' uh, views on that. So thank you for sending those over. Made yeah, some great, great points great as well. Points. Yeah, absolutely right. It isn't some, it's something to take comfort from that you've got the points, but still a lot of work to do. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. always a work in progress. So those were our views Fair to say, we had a lot of Inundated. a lot of views at full time. Just a reminder that uh, just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. We try and make this podcast as balanced as possible. Orient Meat Pie got the tweets underway and said we've absolutely nicked that one. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'll take that any way we can get it. This is the clean version of the tweet, by the way. We were still bloody awful. <laughs> Let's not gloss over that. Galbraith and Ford to start in the future, please. Yeah, good. well done with that one. Uh, Paul Ravens39 said, I'm losing faith in Wellens. Today's performance was a disgrace from start to finish. We've been bailed out by two incredibly lucky goals and looked absolutely hopeless from 0 to 90. If I was a Cheltenham fan, I'd be baffled as to how we'd lost. Richie Wellens' seat should be very warm. Dan Orton2590 said, nothing other than a wood would have done after the early Cheltenham red card. We've got lucky in the latter stages, but in truth, the performance in its entirety was a complete and utter disgrace. Simply not good enough. Something is very wrong at this club right now. Ewan Carter, 25, so completely got out of jail today. 10 men we were playing against with a goal difference of minus 17. We, should let this, we shouldn't let this distract from that performance, though, as that was a disgrace. Awful performance, papering over the cracks. The occasional one says, in all my years of watching, I don't think we've played as bad and won a game, but good to enjoy a Saturday evening at last. That last sentence is spot on. Daniel underscore D44 said, It sounds like we were a bit lucky, but a win is a win no matter how badly you play. A nice buffer between us and the relegation zone, but there is still a lot of improvement needed. Need to get a good striker in January, but that won't be easy. Interesting, we haven't mentioned the January transfer window. Um, Martin Ling was on the Orient Hour during the week and spoke about there being funds available. I think Rich has spoken about it as well. Matt obviously spoke to us last week. He's not in on that, so didn't know. But you know, it's going to be an interesting January. I suspect, given that we'd use some of our January budget to sign Jordan Graham in the summer, I dare say that we'll probably end up having to get rid of players off our squad, out of the squad, sorry, to be able to release funds to be able to bring to bring players in. Agree. I think there's going to be a few outs before any in. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the loan players. So we know Brandon Cooper's loan expires in January. 7th of January. Be interesting to see what happens with that. And also, Turns probably hasn't played as much football as what he would have wanted to. Yeah. Be interesting to see what happens with Turns. Yeah. Idris, I think he's been decent. I think Idris probably stays. I hope he'd stay. Depends what, it depends what Ipswich are looking at and seeing, whether they're seeing their player develop this season in a higher league. Clearly, he's not going to go back to Ipswich and play at Ipswich because yeah. Ipswich are doing too well and he's not at that level. But if they don't see us improving him, and let's be honest, Idris hasn't been as impactful this season league as one. he was last season. Yeah. Now, does that mean he's not being played right or is this his level or is League 2 his level? Lots of questions. Don't know the answers to them. I'm not suggesting anything. But it's a question mark because last season he was like first name on the on the team sheet. Yeah, obviously. Sobrin arguably has done all right. 
Yeah, I mean, Brisbane. In games right. he's had fits and spurts where he's not done. There so was well. a question about obviously Middlesbrough recalling him because Middlesbrough lose their, their their keepers and Ling said no, but yeah, because they've got two others that were ahead of him in the pecking order. Or that could change if one of those keepers gets injured. injured. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We shall see. Yeah, as obviously there's a few other players we'd expect probably want to move if they're not featuring as much as what they would be. So Adam Thompson, maybe Monker. Maybe the bigger wage earners. I guess we'll see. It's a lot. Good there's point, a lot yeah. to do in January. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. Alan Reeves too said, "I'm struggling with Richie Wellers now. That was complete garbage, and we didn't deserve anything against the bottom of the league team who had to men just utter dross until two of our better players came on. Why Galbraith sits on that bench every week and for so long? It's beyond me." Yeah, a bit of a thing with these. A lot of people think we're quite lucky to get the win, which I'm inclined to agree with. Miss Vigaru, to that point, is very lucky to get away with this win. We've won ugly earlier this season, but these three points won't shake the uneasy feeling we aren't right now mentally equipped to score and establish ourselves in the league. A couple of new faces, at least, would be welcome if not needed. I think the club know, and it's not like Martin knew, that they needed players with League One experience in the building. Yeah. So I'd be very surprised if the players who end up at the club aren't. Players with a vast experience, yeah. and we're Could, dropping down from the championship with a bit of experience. I would, Im- I would imagine. I would imagine they're not getting game time at the current clubs and want to come out on, on loan or, or move. That's what you would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Nuriar too said lovely win. Even though we played terrible, this win can give us momentum. Look at Lincoln, for example. Ever since they beat us, they've become undefeated, even though they were terrible. It's a good point. All it takes is one goal, and you're off and away. See what happens. Exactly right. Gus Chimenti says the three points are only a thin layer of gloss over a poor performance. Very little going forward. Moncur doesn't seem to help the link up play or make any make any difference. Definitely time to start Galbraith over him and Ajay still needs time to become a proper threat. Les, okay, 52. So glad to get the win. We're now nine points clear of the relegation places. But let's be honest, with 89 minutes on the clock and no shots on target, step up that great striker. OG, which obviously alludes to the own goal. Richie needs to turn his performances around because today does pay for the cracks. Got to be active in the window as I still fear a relegation fight. Phil VZ1 said, we are in a slump. We just needed a bit of luck and then two huge slices come at once. We must all enjoy the three points, lose the negativity. After this week, there's a big run of season-defining fixtures. Richie and the team will need to work out how to return to form. Come on, you O's. BJP4 said, so, well, I said I'd be happy with mid-table, and we are mid-table. I said I'd be happy with the transition season, and we've got some players to keep and a lot to move on. This feels bad because last season we were so good, but none of this is outside expectations. Good. Chosen for one said, absolute stripey jumper stuff. Can't believe it took until the 93rd minute to take the lead over a squad that had been down to 10 practically the whole game. But I'll never apologise for winning. Smash and grab finale for three points is still three points. Absolutely is. Record Blue Raps. So getting a win by any means necessary is a positive day for Orion at the moment. Does sound like we were lucky to get away with it. But let's hope we can push on. 14th, probably on par with what most people would have wanted this season. So let's hope we can kick on now. Ron Sampson, 15, said, Probably our worst performance of the season. We were shockingly bad today. You would have thought Cheltenham had 11 men and us had 10. They dominated the second half. The last five minutes we played forward passes, unlike the rest of the game, and we got success. It's time to ditch the negative tactics. Spot on. Good tweet. Rio underscore Orient said, Exeter, Northampton, Bristol Rovers and Cheltenham. Says something that they keep plugging away and get late goals in these tricky away fixtures. Not the sign of a hopeless bunch. The sky isn't falling. Good point, actually. Leaked a lot of points on the road late on in games. Told you yeah. they're fighting for Richie, in my opinion, anyway. Agree. JB Foreman, 002, said, in an awful run of form and things aren't going our way, 
uh, and things again not going our way today would have been very easy for our players to give up. They didn't, kept going to the end, which is something for them to be proud of. Hopefully, the scrappy win will now lead on to bigger and better things. Or in underscore red, to make no mistake, this win papers over massive cracks. We were shocking for most of the game against a team down to 10 men. No desire, no passion, no quality for 88 minutes, and then we showed fight, but must be done for 90 minutes agree and that's what got us the title last season was that that we went for 90 minutes not just the last five or the first five so good point there Patrick G321 said I can't be doing with all the doom mongers on here expecting us to instantly become a top half league one side we're two points off the top half by the way I fear we lose in touch with what's great about being an O's fan we lose when we don't deserve it we win when we're rubbish but it's all great fun if I could bottle the feeling when Gabrave scored I'd be a rich man up the mighty O's. I think that's a great point there from Patrick. James Eastwood, 83. So we won against a team who are the form team, yet this papers over the cracks. We are 14. Let's rewind a few months and look at where we realistically saw ourselves being in a league. Let's settle down a minute. It wasn't long ago we couldn't string 10 passes together. Yeah. T Moffy 94. So three points are always appreciated, but Christ, we were poor. Galbraith and Ford were okay from the bench. Ag- Ajay didn't really offer anything through the middle and has to play wider. Midfields are shambles. El Miz seems a shadow of himself recently, but nine points above the drop. Good place to be. Funny, look, funny that people are looking down more than they're looking up. Two points off the top half of the table. Beat Bolton on Saturday, then you're looking up again. Yeah, you really are. You really are. Ben yeah. Winlock 13. So the meltdown before and during this game is embarrassing. We might not be at our best, but we're strong enough to survive. And in build, Richie's still the man when you compare to recent pretenders. Morel's one lucky man, though. That miss will be overlooked, thanks to Gal Brave Skull. Not on your own outlook podcast, that won't be made. We've mentioned it, we have noted it. Point that you made earlier, but I think Ruel will be disappointed, and that's probably the reason why... Um, yeah, he won't become that prolific League One striker that he probably hopes to be because he's missing good opportunities, which is a shame. Because so I think there is a talent there, but he's just, for whatever reason, not firing. If Galbraith hadn't scored that goal, I guarantee we're sitting here tonight reading tweets about Richie not being back with a goal scorer in the, in the transfer market. No just gone. Even though we signed Adji, Ford, Pigger, and Pigger. Yeah, Pigger is the man who they signed to score goals. Yeah. Now he hasn't, and again we've gone through this in previous podcasts, but he's the man. He is the goal scorer who was brought in by Richie. He just hasn't scored goals. Agree. Eastside Orient <laughs> said, according to the BBC, we had 71% possession, 14 shots but only three on target, which includes the goals, meaning we had one shot on target against 10 men in 70 minutes. Says it all, really. Great. Interesting stat. when you look at the stats, isn't it? Stat all. Casey Adams, LOFC. So the amount of times we've dominated a team and come away with nil poids, mm-hmm. I don't care how lucky, undeserving of the win, as long as we get it. Hopefully, this is the turning point and gives the players confidence. Enjoy the win. Could have been the final word because he makes some really good, good points point, there. Yeah. Garden Courtman said, it's following the pattern after promotion from National League. Many players will retain for League 2, but ultimately won't, uh, we're not good enough for that level. Same this season. We need to consolidate, improve next season, and Richie must find a 20-goal-a-season striker from somewhere. Now, I take issue with that because we didn't have a 20-goal-a-season striker last season when we went up. The team last season that had that 20-goal-plus-season striker were Bradford, who are still in League 2. We share the goals around, if you notice from last season. I think Paul Smith, 10 or 11 goals last season, was our top striker. So it's really not about, for me, a a 20-goal-a-season striker. It's just about more goals coming from across, like the Darren Prattleys, like the Omar Beckles, uh, rather than it just being Joe Pigger or Ruel Soterio. I think he makes a good point, though, about <clears throat> you obviously players on two-year contracts. There's players yeah. who lead to, good enough, got us out. 
there's going to be some difficult decisions at the end of the season with players yeah. who are coming out of contract. I think there's probably a, a good number of players seven or eight at least. I'd who imagine. there's an emotional attachment to the club with, who will be sad to see leave the club. Yeah. But ultimately, will have to leave the club so a higher level quality of player. Yeah. Can come in. Yeah. To replace those. Correct. It's probably one for another day. But we saw that with the, with the national league team it's with players terrible. like Dayton, Coulson, who yeah. were great in national league. Found it tough in League Two, yeah. and then we had to let go at the end of that following season. Yeah. It's the same pattern again with that, which I, which is kind of why I think that's quite a good tweet and one that obviously right, yeah. will come dividends at the nice end of the season. Yeah, Clark IXC said Richie needs to get his act together and play our best players every week. Galbraith in particular, we are going to be down towards the bottom of the season if we keep performing like this one. So starting our best players is obviously a must. Final word goes to Evie Stark though. She says, I hope the win will give the players and manager who I've both been critical of the team spirit and belief back. We are a young team. Richie is young too and we as fans have to get behind them. They're not perfect and neither are us fans but we are in it together. Great final word there on 2023 from Evie. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets we read out. There's quite a lot there. Let us know by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. So those are all tweets that come into us at Orient Outlook. You can email us also at orientoutlook at outlook.com you can find us on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast or you can find us on Facebook under orient outlook podcast you can there were a huge a strongly significant number of people who correctly predicted 2-1 and you will all get three points there's too many names uh, given that we're 68 minutes into this show so well done to everybody who correctly predicted uh, the 2-1 result you say no one predicted the scorers so Top of the Prediction League as we end this year thus far is on 19 points, Dave Brew, 47976911 and Rio underscore Orient are top on 19 points. Paul Gregory is second on 17 points, joint on 15 with 15 points, sorry, Eastside Orient and LOFC Teresa. And on 13 points, Charlie underscore Paul, Doe Lewis, Steve Chaplin 4 and the Authentic Gaz. And thanks as always to everyone for your predictions there's a whole load of points to be won over Christmas time so hence the next yeah. podcast that could look very very different alright moving on to today then Sunday the 17th of December the O's ladies were in action they were away at the Comets in the league in a thrilling game so the O's took lead in the 5th minute through Jordan Feldman made it 2-0 in the 15th minute through Amelia Pierce. but the hosts came back strongly and went into the break level at 2-0 so in the 14th minute Hannah Jenks put the O's 3-2 up Amelia Pierce made it 4-2 with her second of the game in the 58th minute. And even though the Comets pulled a goal back on the hour mark, they couldn't find the equaliser as the O's took the three points, winning 4-3. So well done to the ladies. So yeah. Indeed. Indeed, great result for them. Went 4-2 ahead and, uh, and ended up winning that game. Great result for them. Brilliant result for them. So at 1 hour, 9 minutes, 43 seconds, time to wrap up this bad boy. So fantasy football... Update in the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. We have Brandon Pitcher, top of the league, on 1,094 points. We've got Elliot Pierce behind him on 1,062 points. So, uh, Brandon pulling away there. I find myself in 253rd place. Not bad. Wow. Wow. You've gone up 100 places. Not bad at all. Well there. done. I can also say Karen Harrison, after our pep talk uh, in last week's podcast, has gone up. She sorted herself out, not got many more. John McNobo is bottom uh, of the league and also uh, some names down there who we recognise. So if you play fantasy football and you're down the bottom of the valley, get your act together, get yourself climbing up the table yeah. and best of luck over the festive period. So positives, 
negatives yeah, from the last seven days of the club. Let's smash on with these then. So uh, positives are, obviously, we've won. We've got three points. Lovely uh, stuff. Regardless of how it comes. Love that. And it's our first win in nine league games. I can't believe we've gone two months without talking about a win. Sorry? can't believe we've gone two months without talking yeah. about a win. Must Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, great way to end the year. Brilliant for us. Well, also, 14th in League One. So that's not all doom and gloom. There's 24 teams. 14th ain't bad at all. Right. And we just mentioned it. Positive is the ladies one so four lovely positives coming from you this week from oh, yeah, the podcast towers as always we've got some negatives to balance it out first up is the performance yesterday so even though we've got three points lots of people not happy with the performance and the last negative is to hold down McMahon saga I think it's probably fair to say from appointment to the ending of it not handled well not communicated well didn't end well and again wish Daryl all, all the best. best yeah thanks for everything you've done luck for the future so we move on then to Hero of the Week. Oh, scrap that, we're actually doing Hero of the Year. And this year, this podcast, this week's show, we are going to give it to... A super Richie Wellens. Well done, Richie, for being our Hero of the Year. I guess a big shout out to everyone else at the club, from the board to the coaching staff to everyone. But I think Richie takes it. As I say, when doing this and people talking about 2023 being the year when it won an EFL title. Yeah. Not something I recall in my 43 years of being this plan no. on. So, got to no. thank Richie Wellens special, yeah. for that. So, well done, super Richie Wellens. All right, next week's fixtures. So, this week, one fixture for the O's. They don't come much tougher as we make the journey to Bolton Wanderers on Saturday, 23rd of December, who are in fifth place in League One, but did lose at the weekend 2-1 to Bristol Rovers and also Ricardo Santos, their talisman captain at the back. Their big mm. defensive unit sent off. So a good time to be playing them. Yeah, they, they've lost their last two games. Lost they, to Portsmouth on Sky on Monday night. They lost they, two away to Portsmouth right, as well. They drew the game before that, but they won the two previous games. So their last five, they won two, drawn one, lost two. Bit of pressure. Bit of pressure on them to, to improve. Hopefully we don't go there thinking that this is going to be any kind of a breeze or anything and we take it really you seriously. Know what, that'll be a busy buzzing stadium. Bolton, Saturday before Christmas, it'll be a busy old stadium yeah. there. There'll be, be a big, big crowd there. Also worth noting, though, that over the Christmas period, we've got Charlton Athletic at home. That's coming up on Boxing Day. Uh, they're currently 10th in League One. Wickham at home on Friday night, the 29th of December. They're 18th in League One. Then we're away to Cambridge on New Year's Day. They're 16th in League One. And Blackpool at home as it stands at the moment, although that is subject to change as they are playing their second round FA Cup tie uh, on Tuesday night at, uh, at home to Forest Green. Um, so if they win that tie, we will not be playing on that day. But as you quite rightly pointed out earlier, we've still got a certain Port Vale yes. side to be playing. So I don't know if that's going to be wedged in there because they're out the FA Cup as well. So you make a good point there. So we want to keep an eye on, on yep. Tuesday night. As I say, if Blackpool win, that game will not be played on Saturday, the 6th of January. So a big... Heavy, congestive fixture. You look at that, you go Charlton at home, possibly could take something out of that. Wickham at home, should be taking something out of that. Cambridge away, they've improved recently under Neil Harris, but again, hopefully we'll take something against them. Big away follow in there. And Blackpool will be tough at home, but again, that might not happen, so we'll see what happens. Also worth noting that the youth team are in FA Youth Cup action this Tuesday in the third round against Newcastle United. Unfortunately, that one isn't being played at St. James's Park, so best of luck to the young O's in that one. Indeed. So don't forget, get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists. You can call the shop on 0208 529 4130 or you can get in touch with them via social media. They're Carol Langley E4 or at Essex Biz on Twitter and they're Carol Langley Florist on Instagram or search Carol Langley Florist 
on Facebook as well. So thanks to John, Tina and the team at Carol Angley for their sponsorship and we look forward to continuing that into 2024. So it's been an Orient Outlook podcast of many special messages. We've got one more left in this very special episode to play out 2023 and this one's from Orient Vice Chairman, Principal Investor. It can only be the one and only Mr. Kent Teague. Hello to all you... Leighton Orient fans, I was going to say insane, but uh, the way we play sometimes is kind of insane. Certainly dramatic. I just wanted to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Uh, Lots of different ways of saying just the sentiment of I hope you all enjoy the holidays with your family, that you hold them tight, keep them close and love on them just as much as you possibly can. And I hope you uh, really enjoy the holiday period. Up the O's. What well, a final message to go out on there Kent Teague. Now, I don't listen to many other football league club podcasts. I don't listen to any, actually. But I think you'll be hard-pressed to find the manager, the club captain, the chairman, the vice chairman, the CEO... Pretty much all the directors, I think, barring one or two. Don't even think that. All giving their festive messages on a fan-based podcast. Just shows, doesn't it? We're very lucky. Unbelievable. Regardless of what's going on on the pitch, we're in very good hands. Unbelievable. I can't believe it. Thanks to everyone for sending their messages. And on that note, that is it. it. It's our last one. Thanks for joining us for episode number 340. It's been two months since we last won a game in the league, but finally our winless streak has come to an end in fortuitous circumstances, as despite our opposition being bottom of the league and down to 10 men, we still managed to go behind, but Rich's substitutions came through as we scored two very late and fortunate lucky goals to come home with all three points to give us a much-needed boost. And really, games don't come any easier than big-budget Bolton Wanderers next week as our final game before Christmas. And while our performances haven't been where they need to be, the only thing that really matters is getting all three points. So if you're going to Bolton or any of the games over the festive period, sing up for the Orient. Get behind Richie and the boys with your full support. We look forward to catching up on all the Christmas and New Year games whilst hopefully talking about climbing up the table in next and first Orient Outlook podcast 2024 yeah so if you're listening on itunes please subscribe give the podcast a five star rating so come on now if you listen on itunes you can stop the pod now with no more messages for you just give us a five star rating if you're listening on spotify you can do the same all you've got to do is rate the show and you can even leave a comment on each episode now so please do that if you get the chance and don't forget to add us to your favourites on your chosen podcast provider. And that way, we've got all the episodes downloaded as soon as they are available. And as well as Spotify and iTunes, we can be found on all smart speakers. We're also on the Fan Hub app. We're also on YouTube. So anywhere that you consume your media, uh, you can consume the podcast as well. It's never been easier to do so. If you have an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, anyone who you think would like the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and pass the pod. Thank you, everybody. We'd like to take this opportunity to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened, tweeted, emailed, and chatted to us over the last 12 months. We wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a happy, healthy, and prosperous 2024.
Yeah, I mean, it's been a great year, like Paul says. There's a lot of work that goes into it, and it wouldn't be worth it without the engagement that we get. So every tweet that we get doesn't go kind of unrecognised. Right. Every hello that we get in the grounds or appreciate walking down it. Lighton High Street is fully appreciated. We appreciate everything. And again, thanks to everyone at the club for their support of the podcast as well and getting us those messages. So like we have said, we are taking a break now for Christmas and yep. the year. The podcast returns with episode 341. Wow, on Sunday, the 7th of January, with all the information of you that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great Christmas and a happy new year, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.